Tune in to the Bridging the Gap radio show, hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon, live every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Be a part of this challenging but life-changing show discussing men versus males, educational issues, parenting tips, and learning how to be faithful in trying times. That's the Bridging the Gap radio show, hosted by Pastor Hugh Harmon, live every Sunday at 5 p.m. Call in and be a part of the show at 347-855-8867 on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Remember, positive communication is the key to success. Powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. break and then when we come back we're going to have pastor hugh Harmon on uh, from bridging the gap we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on uh with the mass shootings and stuff lately and and because i have a few questions and i kind of like to get spiritually grounded on stuff like this so we're going to do that this is g's power hour on never had it so good entertainment and we'll be right back over the past 60 years dove beauty bar's superior formula has remained unchanged but when it comes to beauty everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Hi, I'm Tim Garris. Uh, You may know me as Timmy G. Yeah, I know. It's been two decades, but I want you to know I'm back in the architect. And I've got a mix of music that can help you relax and chill out. It's smooth. It's relaxing. It's chill out jazz. The soulful mix of smooth jazz, soul, and smooth R&B. So join me every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. to midnight on KHAM Radio. Are you chillin'? Welcome back. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. Thank you for being with us today. And um, hope and I want to thank Steve Blackwell again for um, making the call in today. I know he's running and gunning today, but, um, you know, it's Veterans Day weekend, and we want to, you know, t- wanted to give a little bit of information about things that might be able to help veterans. I mean, most people know about the VA loan programs, and, and Jabir talked a little bit about that on Wednesday. But this is another program that really does help uh, the benefit a lot of um, veterans out there. So I, the number, by the way, if you want to call in, um, is 516-387-1944. That is 516-387-1944. Because I do want to talk about the mass shootings that have occurred out in California and just in general and want to get your input about it, how you feel about it. What do you think we should be doing to kind of stop these mass shootings? And, and how, does, how does this shake your faith? That's, what, that's one of the questions I have. You know, so give us a call, 516-387-1944, um, because – one of the things that came to my mind uh, in the wake of all of these events that have occurred is the scripture, uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I've I, I been going over that in my head. For some reason, that's been, been going over in my head. 
And I'm like, well, apparently, well, I can't say apparently, because the thing is, there's God's eyes and there's our eyes, and we try sometimes a lot to see through God's eyes, and sometimes we don't do so well. And so my question out there to you, uh, the weapons that are being formed, are they being formed against us? Are they being formed for us? Are they being, well, obviously they're being used against us, but um, at the same time, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are, are pro-gun. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite there, and um, I mean, I know people need to defend themselves, and that's a good thing, and I'm all about that. But what should we do in terms of regulating our guns? Because according to the report that I, I saw, this person, you know, purchased their gun legally. Now, I might, I might be um, in error on this, but um, my understanding is the person who purchased their gun uh, legally and, and also is, you know, unfortunately a, for, a former Marine. I was hoping to have Kathy Booker on today. She's kind of tied up, and she's got some things going on. We need to keep her in prayer. But, um, you know, wanted to talk about the mental health aspect of it because we have these people, you know, he's a former Marine, um, and this is a good time to talk about it too with the veterans. Um, he comes home. What happened to him? It. It, or did something happen to him during her service, prior to his service, after his service, what what combination of things occurred to trigger this 28-year-old former Marine to go off on people that he obviously did not know. He could not have known everybody that, that – he shot. I mean, he was shooting indiscriminately. Um, and so what can we do? How can we help our veterans? What is it? There's a breakdown in terms of of what the transition between um, having to bear arms as part of your job and then when you get home, how to deal with real-life uh, real disappointments, real-life um conflicts, we, we really need to, to look into that a little bit more. So there's the mental health component, there's the spiritual component, there's the logistical component, and I, I really want to kind of look into that. But in the meantime, Pastor Hugh Harmon joins us this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine. My phone is messing up, so that's why I'm, I, I, was, I was on earlier, but it, it got dropped. It's my yeah. landline. I don't usually use it, so it's a little <laughs> iffy. <laughs> I really don't use it at all. But uh, I use it because I know it's it's clearer when I come on the radio. So uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every now and then we have to refamiliarize ourselves. What is this thing? Uh, exactly. <laughs> just over exactly. in the corner collecting stuff. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, that's exactly oh, my, mine. Huh? <laughs> well, thank I'm, you I'm, again for being with us. We really no appreciate it. Okay, so I don't know if you heard my question, but about I, the young man. Yes, but before that, I was saying the thing that has been rolling around in my mind, and that's why I needed to bring you on, is the scripture. And I mean, I'm not a Bible-toting scripture, you know, rolling person per se, 
but there are some things that kind of stick with me. And so, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yes. Wow. That's that's true. And uh, okay. I, I, and I understand where you're coming from, and and I. Uh, I need your help I, with that. Wow. It's we're in challenging times. Um, and and I'm and I actually was reading something where uh, a quote somebody quoted a, a book that was written several years ago by a rabbi that that talked about why good people die or why mm-hmm. good people go through the things that they have to go through, mm-hmm. and um, it's. And it seems to be becoming even more prevalent today. And I'm actually in the midst right now of that that scripture you're quoting is Isaiah 54, 17. It says, "No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper." And any and, you know, and all and every tongue that rises against us, we shall condemn. Um, but it, the times that we're living in really challenge us. And challenge people to ask the question if God really cares, you know. Um, and that's because of the God that we have defined him as and put him out there as. And so it, it's like uh, somebody once said, if you start out believing the wrong way, you will always come to wrong conclusions. Okay. And so... Um, if we believe in like God is like a, he always moves at our behest or he always does things that will work out in the way that we've ordained good to work out of things. And when we look at this story of this young man or what is, what happened here, and then they hear the, the backstories of people, like one of the young people I heard, he was in Vegas at the Vegas shooting. And escape with his life But he lost his life this time Then there was another mm-hmm. guy Who was also in Vegas at the Vegas shooting And he also um, Survived both. He survived both So he just happened yeah. to be involved in, in the crowd At two mass shootings Yeah You know it, it, So <laughs> We We Come to a place where it's like Pastor Hugh. Oh my goodness, I think we lost him. Um, <laughs> I hate losing Pastor Hugh. Uh, and but the other the other scriptures that I have for him when he comes back is uh, or is from Timothy, I think it is. God did not give us a spirit of fear, so I want to talk to him about that when he comes back as well. But um, we're going to take a, a break, and then we're going to bring him back on because I need him to finish <laughs> on okay. that one before I go to the Oh, Oh, wait, wait. I'm no, back. we're not. I'm there back. you are. Okay. So I'm please back. continue. You were talking about um, uh, Isaiah fifty four seventeen. Right. And, and and no weapon formed against us. We we say that. We get excited. We dance. We shout. We run around the church. And, and we are enthused and encouraged. But then we see situations like this, like these mass shootings and people mm-hmm. dying, and yeah. many times good people dying. Um, yeah. As many times people we know that were 
in church, like the 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 synagogue shootings that happened just a week ago or so, and yeah. the church shootings that have happened throughout the years and things of that nature. You're thinking like God, like does God really care? And he and the scripture says, no weapon that is formed against us shall prosper, and so. When we hear that, our immediate thought in our minds um, is prosperity or prospering means I'm gonna live, I'm gonna outlive this this situation, right? But it takes for us to look at scripture in its in a, in a global way. Jesus okay. Christ, if that's the case, well, Jesus Christ was a failure, Dan. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross. But we know that not to be true. Right. So, and Jesus also said, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? And so mm-hmm. we hear that, we repeat that um, Easter time and, and, and uh, Good Friday, and we repeat that on, on uh, you know, Resurrection Sunday, things of that nature. But, um, and we just think of those as just words that Jesus said. And and then we say, well, Jesus resurrected. So, um, yes, that you know, those words are powerful because there is this manifestation of his resurrection. But I think it goes to the heart of the matter here in that death, physical death, subsiding of um, our physical lives is not the end of us. So even though in this scripture that says um, no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper and our immediate thought is it's not going to kill us sometimes in killing you it is not it, it, the, the scripture still stands if you understand where I'm going like the idea of it not prospering over you is the fact mm-hmm. that you still have another life <laughs> that you will live Beyond what this um, situation, like the scripture, there's another scripture that says the thief comes but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. abundantly. Right? Yeah. And so when we hear that, it's three things that the thief comes to do, to steal, to Mm -hmm. kill, to destroy. So he comes to steal from us take stuff from us that's valuable to us because a thief only takes what's valuable to you. To yeah. us. That's yeah. that's what makes it thievery because it's something mm-hmm. that we valued and now we've lost it to a thief yeah. that didn't earn it, just took it. Then to, to say, it says steal. Then the next thing it says is kill. I always wondered about why was kill number two? Why was mm-hmm. it kill number three? It says mm-hmm. steal, kill, so kill now is take the life of. So he mm-hmm. doesn't just want to take steal from you. He wants to take life from you. And then the third thing, it says destroy you. Now that's the most devastating one because destruction mm-hmm. is not just about death. It's like you die and you are forgotten. Okay. <laughs> you are annihilated. There's nothing left of you. Right. Because there are people that are, that that die and they live on, their spirit lives on, their passions live on, their vision lives on, 
and we we can name myriad of people that that has that that would uh, espouse that would demonstrate that in our lives. And so right. when we get into situations like this, like what we're going through right now in this country, which is tragic, which is, but it's biblical. It's prophesied. It's the Bible says we would get here as a world. <laughs> it really did. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in yeah, America for many years we were. We are just immune of stuff, immune from stuff. But the Bible says we were going to get here. And so it sounds harsh when you say that to Mm -hmm. some people at some level. Why are you saying that? Like the Bible talks about storms (laughs) and rumors of wars and pestilence and about um, uh, the beginning of sorrows. All of that is talked about in the Bible. So we we kept we try to keep pushing it back, like oh it's not time yet. Let's push it back. So right, it's not gonna happen right. in my time. It's, let's push it back. The Bible even talks about there's a season when p- women are gonna have children, and they're gonna regret having children <laughs> because mm-hmm. they're gonna regret having to raise a child in the type of environment that they have to raise them in. We are in that right. time. We're we are in that time right now. It's like I, I sh- you shudder to think about your kids going to school and not making it home. <laughs> you shudder about kids. I, we had about three incidences that I heard about within the within the last week or so. Kids were walking to the school bus and got plowed down by a drunk or a distracted driver, hit and run. Yeah. All three kids in the in one family gone. <laughs> Go, yeah. What? You're like, oh my god! I'm I shudder to think as a pastor, how can I minister mm-hmm. to that parent and get that parent beyond that immediate hurt and pain that they're feeling, not towards me, not even really towards the world, because at that point you're mad at God. But God, yeah. why? Why would you do this to me? And I go back, and again, it sounds really harsh. But it's Bible, and sometimes Bible is harsh, but it's the truth. God can easily say, but I gave my son for you. Mm. <laughs> you see? <laughs> and so yeah. when, I, when you say that, it, it's like, oh, my pastor didn't just say that to encourage. How is that going to encourage them by saying that? But mm-hmm. the truth is, um. If we believe in God and we believe that he's a God that the Bible says that he is, he's a God that's concerned about us. He's a God that's looking out for our good. And like the scripture, another scripture says, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord according to, you know, according to his purpose. So watch this. It it goes even deeper than that. So that whole scripture, all things work together for good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That scripture there. And sometimes the thing about all of this is that we have made life, human humanity the center of life. We have made us the center of everything when it's really God that's the center of everything. And because when when... If we live, if we continue to live and make ourselves the center of everything. So when we look at government and look at nations around the world, 
We look at this word that's popping up even out of the mouth of our president, nationalism, right? He's a nationalist. We look at that word, and we say, what does that mean? That means, and people try to flower it up and say, I'm proud of where I come from. Where do you come from? You come from a geographical location that you had no choice in. (laughs) You come from a family that you had no choice in coming from, right? Mm-hmm. You were placed in, in you were placed in a womb you had no option. I I don't want you can't say I want to be I want her to be my mother. I want him to be my father. That's not an option we have as a human being. You are you come into the world where you come into the world. And yes, you 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 will grow and to have an affinity for where you're born. Yes, that's obvious. That's a given for where you grow up. That's true for the food that you ate growing up because that's all your culture. Yes, so that that's awesome. All that's true. But that should never get you to a place where nationalism shouldn't be about I love where I am and I hate where you are. <laughs> that's yeah. where it gets messy. And that's where we are today. Like, I love who I You can love who you are and still love who somebody else is. You know, or what somebody else's spouse is to be, it 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 shouldn't be this exclusivity. This I'm different from you, and because I'm different, I'm better than you, and and that's where we are. It's like I'm still trying to wrap my head around this whole thing of one of the parents of one of the young men that died uh, at this shooting in California. Mm-hmm. He was asked point blank by a reporter um what are your thoughts on guns and weapons being available to the general public this guy spent maybe 30 minutes and i'm not trying to be harsh or crude crying about Mm -hmm. his son and he's devastated and why did this have to happen and then he says well he he completely switches when the person asking that question. Well, this is a free country, and everybody, and and I'm not against people having guns. And I'm, I'm like, good lord, brother, like, really? You are so what's the word? Tied to the Second Amendment, having a gun, cowboy western type lifestyle ideology of America that your child just died because of somebody having a gun who doesn't need to have a gun and you're saying well you know it's a free country and everybody should have should be able to have a weapon and I'm like what does that say about us as a nation and as a People like when we are so divided, and then death is people are unmoved by death. Yeah. For the for the NRA to make a statement about the the um, I think it's the AMA, uh, American Medical Association, and the NRA mm-hmm. are in this like verbal joust now, where the NRA is telling them mind your business concerning guns, stay in your lane concerning guns, and the AMA is like, well. We're the ones that have to remove bullets from spleens and, mm-hmm. and 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 remove organs that are devastated by these weapons. And like 
yes, we're the ones that have to tell a mother, walk out of the operating room and tell a mother or father or a son or a daughter their parent is gone or their son is gone or their daughter is gone. Is 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 not going to make it, and we did the best that we could. Like, you're creating weapons that are designed to kill, and our job is to help people to live. Why are we in a conflict? Why is it, why are you even addressing us? Why is it, why are you, I'm like, I'm just, I'm just lost. Yeah. The stuff just blows my mind, and we call ourselves a Christian nation. And do some we still of the most, do that? Some of the most, yeah, some of the most vehement weapons toting folk are Christians. All right, or go yeah. to church. Let me put it that way. Or, yeah. or, or I, have I a cross on their car, or claim that believe in Jesus Christ and claim they read the same Bible I read. But I remember seeing something after one of the other shootings where there was a church where everybody was bringing their weapons to church. Wow. You see, you see what I'm talking about? Okay. I need to find that. Um, but we're going to take a quick break because, um, yeah. you know, we can talk about this all day. The other thing I want to address, uh, I think it comes out of Timothy, and I want you to talk about that because I think what's, what unfortunately is happening as a result is us being paralyzed by the fear that comes out of these events occurring. So, um, and um, I know I think it's Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of fear. How do we right. get around that? So that's what I want to talk about when we get sure. back. Um, I'm here with Pastor Hugh Harmon. Uh, his show is Bridging the Gap. That is also on Never Had It So Good Network. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs, owner and funeral director at Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community with two generations of family funeral service. With the recent addition of my son, Brandon, we are here to take care of the needs of Central and West Orlando. From simple cremation to a full burial, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here to help you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs dedicated to serving our families. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time, and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had a so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Again, we want to thank Mr. Steve Blackwell for being on earlier from Homes for yeah. Heroes I'm, to talk I'm, about I'm, that I'm program. But we also have uh, Pastor Hugh Harmon with us this morning. Uh, his show, Bridging the Gap, it airs on Block Talk Radio. want to ask you, Pastor, about the fear thing um, coming from a couple of, uh, and you, you, I know you're going to clarify. That's why I have you on here because you, you clarify this stuff for me. Um, the the scripture that that talks about God did not give us spirit of fear, and then we also have one of our our, our past presidents 
who talks about um, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I'm talking about this is because these things keep occurring. Um, even small things occur, and it kind of stops us in our tracks sometimes, or we have to, it shakes us sometimes to our core, sometimes it's just enough to really throw throw our game off a little bit. Um, how do we deal with that? Because there's a lot of people, especially when I look at the people that were in the mass shooting in Vegas, mm-hmm. and then they come and <laughs> talking about lightning not striking twice in the same place. It may not be the same place, but it's the same person kind of going through this kind of trauma all over again. Right. How do we get past these incidents? I mean, I'm to the point right now, I, I never really wanted to be attached to my cell phone, you know, technology. And, I, you, I, you know, for me, it was just supposed to be a tool. And now I'm to the point because there are shootings in churches now and there are shootings in theaters now and there are shootings in bars and stuff that I'm not going anywhere <laughs> without my cell phone being and almost to the point where I want to have the first two digits of nine and one in the phone so that I can, right. all I got to do is hit the other digit, right, you know, right. because I'm so concerned. Well, you know, the part of it is in the, script, in the same scriptures, Jesus tells his disciples, you know, there's a time coming when, and and, and he talks about, Perilous times. He talks about storms and pestilence and rumors of war and all that. And then he concludes all of that monologue with the disciples by saying, But I'll tell you all this so that you won't be discouraged, but be encouraged because I have overcome the world. And you're like, You know, you read that scripture, and again, we shout and dance and get excited about it when we hear it, and it's quoted, and and we send up a high praise and shout hallelujah and all the different things that we do. Um, But I don't think people grasp the the gravity of what he's saying. It's like, how can I have good cheer when after all that you just said, God? After all you just said about beginning of sorrows and trouble and pestilence and war and we're going to be dragged before councils and because of our faith and we're going to be persecuted for your name's sake but then you said don't worry about it because I've overcome the world and as clear cut as that is that's the only way we can make it is to have a life of faith where we are comfortable with what we are will have to go through to the degree of because we know we're going to go through it and we're not stuck in the middle of it and we're going to come out on the other side of it and when we come out on the other side of it we're going to be better than when we went in it and the greatest challenge of all of this is some of what I'm talking about is not in this space of the earth as we know it <laughs> It's mm-hmm. it's it only makes sense after you die. Like, okay. you know, 
it's hard to explain that to people who who don't have the same faith as you have. You understand what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. it's, and that's why what we preach and teach and what we live is so hard for some people to swallow because everything for them is immediate and now and here. They don't see anything beyond here. They don't see anything beyond the life they're living now, beyond the experiences that they've experienced, beyond the possibilities that they have already measured out for themselves. And But God is saying, despite all of these tragic and terrible things happening, be of good cheer because I have overcome. I have overcome the world. Um, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, the number is 516-387-1944. That is 516-387-1944. If you have questions for Pastor Hugh or you have a comment that you'd like to share when we come back, but we are going to take our last break. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had a So Good Entertainment. We will be right back. Hello? Hi, I'm Gretchen Dip Simmons with Feral Realty, but you know me as G from G's Power Hour. Much of the time when I'm not engaging with you on my show, I'm dealing in real estate in beautiful Central Florida. But because I'm here, that doesn't mean I can't help you wherever you are. So if you're looking to buy, invest, relocate, rent, or sell, please give me a call at 407-968-9387. That's 407-968-9387. And let me help you with your real estate needs. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faith, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today here with Pastor Hugh Harmon of Bridging the Gap, also on Blog Talk Radio on Never Had It So Good Networks. And um, now, and you know, you were ta- you, at the end you were talking about, um, uh, uh, I think, overcoming the world. He has overcome the yes, world. Yes, yes, yes. And how we're, and how we, we, um, Translate it because I guess what it, one of the things is, is is we tend to want sometimes to translate it or dig sometimes a little deeper, and sometimes you just have to accept what God Correct. is telling you. Correct. As, what Correct. folks used to say, gospel truth. <laughs> I mean, that's what right. you just got to accept it. Right. It's like yeah. growing in in the things of God. I tell people the Bible talks about going from glory to glory strength to strength um and paul says he says i've learned how to be content i've learned how to be content with a lot and i've learned how to be content with a little he says i've run the race i've 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 achieved i've run my course i've achieved all i need to achieve and when you look at these guys in scripture especially the 12 that walk with jesus and the 11 because we know what happened with Judas, but the mm-hmm. other eleven that walk with Jesus, 
and how their lives ended up. Yeah. Um, they pretty much what we know historically and from by and from the Bible as much as the Bible tells us. They each died tragically. I mean, horrible deaths that any of us who would cringe at having to go. Even people on death row right now who go through the lethal injection is nothing compared to what these guys went through. And they died. And they walked with Jesus. (laughs) And they were filled with the Holy. Now, if, if we're... Wondering if we're filled or touched or anointed with the Holy Spirit. For sure they were. <laughs> you know, the things that they did and, and achieved through the power of God that was working in, through, and with them. And But they died what would be considered miserable deaths, like painful deaths. But in just about every case, they went willingly. They were ready to die. Like, they were ready. One scripture talks about Paul saying, you know, if it weren't for the churches that I had planted, and I'm paraphrasing, and my mm-hmm. love for you, I will be out of here. Because I know to be mm-hmm. to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's where that scripture comes from. He was literally telling the church, man, <laughs> I know where I'm going is much better than here, but I love you so much, and I want you to get the same assurance that I have. That's why I'm willing to stay. And so it's like, as a pastor, my my greatest thing is not what they call butts in the pews or 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 seats in the seats. That's not my greatest thing. My greatest thing is. Those seats are butts that are in the seats, that Mm -hmm. the hearts that are in those bodies, that they're growing Mm -hmm. in faith, that they're maturing to a place where they realize the circumstances of their lives does not define who they are, does not make them a good or bad person, does not make them faithful or faithless, but the heart that they have towards God. And that, and that's why it's important when we look at Scripture, the people that walk with God, that did mighty works at, at God's hand or through God's power, um, it didn't matter how they died, when they died, through what circumstances they died, because the Bible gives us such a, a an idea that they're still living on. They, it's not you know, the their earthly experience is not the end of them, uh, and so when we need to teach people that same thing, it goes to the idea of if I can't preach to Bill Gates, or I can't preach to the the homeless person, or, or rather, if my message is only catered to a homeless person, telling him he needs to be like Bill Gates. Or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I'm not a preacher. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. a, a lot of people, I, I'm telling you, they cannot preach to Bill Gates. They cannot preach to uh, these millionaires. Why? Because they they go to their church every Sunday. Not and I'm not trying to bash, but I'm just telling the truth. And they preach that success for the people sitting out there in the pews 
is the amount of money they make, where they live, how they drive. If you when your when your life starts looking like that, then you're walking in the anointing of God. So, what message would I have for Bill Gates? <laughs> like, you got everything that I'm telling these people on Sunday that they need to have. Mm-hmm. You understand? And these people, yeah. a lot of those people, don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, if my message, so so my message about having a relationship, yes, I am concerned about the condition of people's lives. I yeah. am definitely concerned about people that are literally incarcerated by poverty. I am concerned about all the other extraneous things, factors, characteristics, traits that develop out of poverty and and, and the trends that will leave you to have a certain kind of lifestyle because of poverty. Yes. I believe that poverty is a problem. Yes. But I don't believe that is the only problem. <laughs> you right. get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I don't believe that that's the end all or the be all. And so I think the end all or be all is becoming a person that emulates Jesus Christ and what he his his ideology of righteousness. And so if if you got all these other accoutrements of life but you don't have that relationship, you are going nowhere. And and when it's all over, it's really all over. And so when Jesus told his disciples, I'm telling you these things so that you, in other words, I'm preparing you for what's coming. And mm-hmm. when you pray, if you pray that these things won't come, you're praying amiss. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. we can pray, God, shield me from the storms, and I want to have this life where I don't have, I, I don't want to deal with any troubles and trials and challenges, and I'm not, we could do that. You could pray that all you want. You could, or you could say that out your mouth all you want to God, all you want. But at the end of the day, you are praying amiss. Mm-hmm. So in the Bible, it talks about, Right after Jesus went on into glory and the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, in the book of Acts, it talks about um, a a serious persecution against the church. And Herod kills James, uh, the apostle. He's one of the first martyrs of the church. Herod kills him, realizes that it, it, it enthralls or makes the Jews in Jerusalem enthusiastic, and he seizes Peter and says, well, if they're happy about that, they're sure enough going to be happy when I kill Peter. <laughs> right? You know, so, and the Bible talks about the church praying at that time. You know what they prayed? They did not pray, God, strike down Herod and stop this persecution. They did not pray that. You know what they prayed? Mm-mm. Give us boldness to preach the gospel even harder. Because <laughs> they have been taught what you're going through, what comes mm-hmm. against you because of this gospel does not make you a horrible person, does not make you a bad person, does not make you less of a person. But 
your call is to preach this gospel, this good news. You have evidence. You know how internally you have changed and been transformed, how your mind has been transformed and renewed by this word. And so it doesn't matter if you're being thrown into prison because of it. You need to spread it. <laughs> and so uh, this this whole idea of now the church we we're in a country now where the church is aligned with political parties. Like this party's more Christian than this party is and and that's a fallacy. Like like the one of the biggest fallacies out there. And I know the church needs to be what's the word? If if there's anything we need to be is we need to be authentic because we need to speak to both parties. We need to speak to everybody. We need to be. We should hold a line that everybody's like, "Oh man, here comes the Christians, <laughs> keeping us in check." <laughs> you know that that's how it ought to be. You, they ought to be convicted every time we show up and speak. They mm. ought to. They ought to be like, "Oh man," you know. Even if they're mad, then, even even if but, they're upset. But, Go ahead. But then there's there's that fear again because we're too afraid to speak. Yeah, uh, that's we're right. Too, and that's where that scripture you were talking about in Second Timothy, one and seven, where uh, Paul was literally telling Timothy that fear there was about boldness to preach the gospel. He was telling him, "Don't be fearful about telling people the gospel, about speaking the truth of God, about spreading the word." That's where that. Um, um, that that whole scripture is, is is referencing. Paul is mm-hmm. telling Peter, God didn't give you don't when you get up before the people to preach, don't be timid and shy. That's not that's not God's spirit. That's fear. Mm-hmm. Get up there and say what God says. Don't be scared of their faces. Say what God says. Because it's not about it's like it goes back to like Samuel. When Saul fell from grace in God's sight, and Samuel took it personally, and Samuel thought he had failed God. And even prior to that, the people came to Samuel and said, we want a king. This is before Saul was even made king. The people said, we want a king like all these other nations want a king. Samuel, who was the prophet of God, the priest of God at the time, took it personal and thought, because prior to that, he was the one in charge. 